It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. I think it's fair to say that the Carolina Panthers offense is a work in progress. We'll break down a 2017 Monday Night Football loss in New Orleans Saints right now on Locked On Panthers. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Lockdown Panthers podcast, a part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, your team every day. That's our motto here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Subscribe or follow the show for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And it's important that you do that because following every Carolina Panthers game, I I am live like I am right now breaking down the game. You can always check out the podcast later on, whether you watch it on YouTube or if you listen to it wherever you listen to your favorite podcast, but always live following every Carolina Panthers game about an hour or so after the game right here on the Locked On Panthers YouTube channel. And of course, anytime there's any breaking news, also try to go live to react to what's happening. Uh, make sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter at Julian Council, because tomorrow on Wednesday, the weekly Wednesday mailbag will be back here on the show and honestly a perfect time coming off of a game to get your questions and then react to whatever y'all have to say about the Carolina Panthers as they have now fallen to 0-2 to start off the season this episode of Locked On Panthers is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers, that could be you, can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. The Carolina Panthers 17, the New Orleans Saints 20. The Carolina Panthers are now 0-2 to start off the 2023 NFL season. And I understand there is a lot of frustration after what we have seen from the Panthers offensively. And I agree with all that frustration. But I will tell you momentarily, not right now, because I'm going to allow you to be angry. I'm going to allow you to be upset to be patient. I'll tell you that 
soon, but not right now. We're going to talk about the offensive struggles. Frank Wright, the head coach of the Carolina Panthers, just got done listening to his press conference, and he says that he doesn't believe the offense and the team is that far away. He believes that they have the players and the coaches to do it, and he is confident that will happen. Defensively, I can agree that they're not that far away from winning football games. Offensively, it doesn't feel like they're particularly close. Now, there are a few moments in this game where the Carolina Panthers convert, then this could have been an outcome, and I understand what Frank Reich is trying to get across to that message saying that they're not that far away. They have the coaches and the players to do it. Think back to the end of that first half when Von Bell got the interception, an awful throw by Derek Carr. What did the Carolina Panthers do with it? They're at the plus 37 in Saints territory, and the drive ends in a Bryce Young fumble. Now, Bryce Young didn't have anyone to throw the football to. He's rolling out to the side. It's either he's going to run the ball, he's going to throw it away, or he's going to try and make a play. Something that you had seen the last couple of years if you watched him in Alabama. The difference is in the NFL, you have to be much more decisive in those situations. And Bryce, I'm not going to begrudge him for trying to make a play, but you got to get rid of the football in that situation. He doesn't do it. He fumbles. The Saints get the ball. Fortunately, the off the defense is able to stop him. But that's three points that was taken off the board because Bryce not getting rid of the football or really just, you know, fumbling in that situation. But the Panthers offense had an opportunity to put points on the board, were unable to do it after a defensive turnover. Think back later on in the game. In the second half, in that third quarter, where the drive starts at the plus 41, right in Saints territory, after the Panthers forced New Orleans or deep in their territory to punt the football. What do the Panthers do? Well, they get a first down. Then on the next set of downs, second down drop by Jonathan Mingo. Bryce Young looks to get the first down. They call it back, say, say he's down. They bring in Andy Dalton. Looks like they're going to try and have Dalton as their short yardage, uh, goal line kind of guy to go in there and try to get a, uh, get a yard. It was really less than a yard. Then what happens? Cade Mays, false start, fourth and one. They have to end up backing up five yards. They kick a field goal. Eddie Pinheiro was awesome. Three straight field goals he made today. He's made now, what, 21, 22 straight field goals since missing last year in Atlanta and helping cost Carolina Panthers that game on the road. He was nails. The Panthers had an opportunity in plus territory, didn't do anything with it. You also think back to later on in the game when the Saints are up 13 to 6. And the Panthers have an opportunity to tie the game. They've gone from the 20 all the way down to the Saints 13. They have a third and three. Bryce again rolling out, has an opportunity maybe to throw the football away and doesn't get sacked and ends up being third and eight. Now, had it been, or fourth and eight rather, had it been fourth and three at the Saints 13, knowing how the offense have struggled and the aggressiveness that we saw last week, albeit from one yard out, but in the first quarter, you would have thought that maybe they start to think about, okay, do we go for it in this situation instead of kicking the field goal had it been fourth and three? But they didn't get that opportunity. So I see what Frank Reich is saying when he says they're not that far away because they had opportunities. The problem is the first one ends in no points. The second one ends in three points, and the other one ends in three points. You can't keep kicking field goals when you get down into the red zone. You have to convert those into touchdowns. The Carolina Panthers didn't do it until the very end of the game when the Saints decided that they didn't care anymore, this thing's in the bag, and it was the definition of a false hope touchdown as the Panthers scored, got the extra, got the two-point conversion, and then weren't able to get the onside kick because the rules now make it next to impossible to recover an onside kick in the NFL. So they had the opportunities, 
but they weren't able to capitalize because the offense just struggled throughout the game. Bryce, 23 of 33, 153 yards, touchdown, had a fumble. Early on, you could see, all right, let's get Adam Thielen involved in this game. They got him five targets early. He had three receptions for 23 yards on three targets on that opening drive. You go back to last week against the Falcons, two receptions on two targets for 12 yards. So on the first series of the game, he was able to eclipse what he did the week prior. The problem was... Through the first couple of series, he was the only one getting targets. DJ Chark, who we had talked about, all right, when Chark gets back, maybe this passing game looks different. The only time he was targeted and had a reception was in that first half where he was able to get a reception for 15 yards, make it a first down on that crossing route. Outside of that, didn't see him get targeted. Hayden Hurst, who was the best Receiving option for the Panthers week one against the Falcons did not see a target until the fourth quarter. This offense did not perform any better than they performed the week prior. And running the football, while they might have had 100 yards rushing 19 attempts for a long time in that game, they just weren't really trying. And Frank Reich said, okay, we got behind the sticks and all of that. And I understand in a way, but it's not like... This is a game where you're down by multiple scores and you have to throw the football. When you're not doing well with the throwing the ball, why not try to keep it on the ground? I get it. Cade May struggled. He was replaced in the fourth quarter by Calvin Throckmorton, the former Saint who the Panthers picked off of waivers after roster cutdown day. I just expected more out of the run game than what we saw. So the Panthers had opportunities. I mean, they were they didn't and look in four of fourteen on third down, not good enough. The first conversion they had came with 9.52 in the first quarter. The next conversion didn't happen until 11.26 left in the football game. You can't win that way. It's just not going to happen. So while they had the opportunities, they didn't capitalize. And we've talked for years here. As we watch the Panthers just be awful, we've talked about complimentary football, being able to do that. When a defense gets a turnover, puts you in plus yardage, you got to score. The Panthers didn't do that. When you have a short field and the defense has put you in great position again, you have to capitalize with a touchdown. Get six, get seven, not three, and the Panthers failed to do that. So I told y'all that I would tell you how Frank Reich kind of has a point that they're not that far away, but I'm going to tell you now that he might not be that right because let's be honest, and I told you all this, and I'll get to the patience part of it. Because actually, I didn't tell you this in the beginning, but I, I'm, I'm going to get to the patience part of this later on in the show. Because we're going to we're going to be a little upset right now. We're going to look at how things are and how this state of affairs isn't really all that surprising. I told y'all back in March, man, and back in April, that this unit at wide receiver was going to leave a lot to be desired. When you lost DJ Moore, who was your best receiving option the last four plus years, and the only guys returning at that point in time were LaVishka Chenault, who was not allowed to go across the line of scrimmage last year because it was lava on the other side, when it was Terrace Marshall, who showed signs but can't ever be counted on because he's never healthy in Shy Smith, you had a lot of work to do. Now, unfortunately for the Carolina Panthers, they had a lot of work to do in an awful wide receiver market. I get it. Okay, OBJ was there, more of a name than an actual player. He's injured, by the way. So we'll see how many games he even plays for the Ravens. There was um, also potentially, you could go out there and get Nuke Hopkins, who so far has played well for the Titans, but it didn't sound like he was interested in playing for a rookie court with the rookie quarterback. He said as much on a podcast and didn't really seem like the Panthers were that interested. Now, Scott Furrier did tell us in on every deal, so maybe he was interested, but we didn't see it happen. 
But looking around, it wasn't like it was a great receiver market. Was Juju Smith-Schuster going to fix things? Now, he would be better than what they have. But was that going to elevate them to the point that they are on the same level as the Saints? Because the Saints have Chris Olave. They got this Shahid guy I had never heard of who made a big play on Monday night. They have Michael Thomas. Bryce Young is throwing to Adam Thielen at 33. To DJ Chark on his third team. To a rookie Jonathan Mingo. The weapons aren't the same. So it's not that surprising that the receivers are struggling when the receiver talent isn't that good. The Panthers have put their rookie quarterback with some of the worst collection of pass catchers in the NFL. And now you're watching week one against the Falcons and week two against the Saints, what it looks like against a very good NFL defense. When your receivers can't get separation, your quarterback holds onto the football too long, tries to make things happen, and then takes in timely sacks or fumbles the football. That's a result of what the front office did in the offseason by putting this around Bryce Young. And it was so predictable. And that's why this is frustrating. Now, mind you, I do think it will get better. I do think it will get better. How much better? That is the question. Is it ever going to be great? Absolutely not. Can it be good? Probably not. Can it be passable? Like, that's all I'm asking for is for the passing game to be passable. I don't think that's a pun, but if it is, no pun intended. I'm expecting it to just be a little bit better. But the early struggles honestly aren't that surprising considering the guys haven't been healthy, the talent or lack thereof at wide receiver. It's going to take some time, y'all. It is going to take some time. I'll get to the whole patience portion of this whole thing in a moment. But man, this offense is just, it ain't it. And we have watched some bad offenses the last couple years. And it is certainly disheartening through two weeks to lose two games against divisional opponents and have the rest of the division sitting up at 2-1-0 and the Panthers looking up wondering, oh boy, how are we going to dig ourselves out of the hole when there's three of the next four on the road? So the whole patience part of this deal I'll get to that here in just a moment on Locked On Panthers. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace Case. This thing right here got in the mail today. The Jace Case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you the peace of mind so that you are not just hoping that you have access to medication in an emergency. Jace Medical, sure, make sure you have the medication in hand, Jace is simple. They handle everything from the online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. Don't get caught unprepared. Save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical Plus an additional $20 off by using my code locked on at checkout on jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Now, the NFL season is finally here as well, and we are now officially done with week two and on to week three. Snap into the action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. So if you bet on the Panthers and they lose, you still get $200, guys. And for Panther fans right now that are upset, if your team loses, you get $200. 
I think that's gonna make you feel a little bit better if you have been thinking about joining FanDuel. And of course, of course, if you gotta be in a state legally to do this, there's no better time than right now to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. I promised you that I would uh, tell you to be patient about the Panthers offense. So I'm going to go ahead and do that now. And there's plenty of things I want to say here. We're going to get to the Shaq Thompson injury and all of that. And there's some other notes that I have. And I don't even know if I can get it in all on today's show. So that's why I need you all to go ahead and ask me some questions for the weekly Wednesday mailbag tomorrow here on the show. So either at me or DM me over on Twitter. Get those questions in. I've already looked at my DMs. already got some of those questions. And I'm sure some of the other things that I want to say, I'll probably say to you all on Wednesday on tomorrow's show, but go ahead and get those questions to me at Julian Council on Twitter. Um, patience. Patience. And this is something I've, I've tried to preach heading into the season while also knowing that there's just no, I, no way anyone's going to listen. That's just, there's, there's, there's no way. I know it's not true. There's no way. There are people who will listen and are, there are people who are more patient than others. And it's hard to be patient. I understand, y'all. I get it. 18, 6 and 2, everything looks great. You blow out a bad Bucks team. We're talking about Cam MVP going back to the Super Bowl. Let's do this thing. It all falls apart, figuratively and literally, as far as Cam Newton's body that year. 2019, okay, Cam's going to come back. Got Joe McCoy. This defense going to 3 4 makes way more sense. Cam gets hurt. You're 0 2. People are on saying season's over. Then Kyle Allen comes in, false hope, four and two, feeling good about yourself. And then you have that snowy day in Green Bay, and it's just, and then things fall apart again in the second half of the season. Ron Rivera's fired. 2020, I don't think there's a lot of hope going into that season anyway. I hope most people are just happy to have football. 21, you get off to three and oh, and then you're two and 12 the rest of the way. And then last year, well, I don't think anyone had any hope because Matt Rule's still the head coach. So I get it. You're sick of it. You're sick of watching bad offense. You're sick of bad quarterback play. You're tired of not being a factor. You're tired of not being in these kind of games and the nation watching. Like the Panthers were in prime time. Because again, I told y'all multiple times on the pod the last couple of days, Sunday and Monday, that's when it matters. But they really weren't even on Monday Night Football. They were just buried because it's week two and the ESPN wants to have that inventory because of their contract the NFL. The actual Monday Night game was on ABC in Pittsburgh. Like, that's the real Monday Night Football game. So even when they're in primetime, they're not even the primetime game. And that's disappointing. You're tired of being in, in those games. You want Mike Tirico and you want the Collinsworth slide. That's what you want. You're sick of this, and I get it, and I'm sick of it too. I got to sit here and talk about it, man. You think I'm not sick and tired of this? You think I'm not sick and tired of all the negativity? And maybe, maybe I do it sometimes, but also I'm just being honest. Like, that's that's what I do. I'm sure there's plenty of Panthers podcasts out there that will give you roses and sunshine. I don't know how they do it. God bless them. I don't know how they do it, but I'm here to just try and be reasonable. If you want to, I don't even know if it's even right to even say the voice of reason, because I don't know if I can call myself that, because I definitely get emotional at times, but I at least want to be honest with y'all and tell you what I really feel. And going to the season, I really felt like this wide receiver core would not be good, but I also felt like they would be able to make enough plays for the offense to not be that. What we saw tonight and what we saw on Sunday in Atlanta. I think it will get better. ESPN put out a really good stat 
in the first half of today's game, saying the Carolina Panthers returned 39% of the yards from last year on offense. Last in the NFL. The biggest offensive turnaround as far as personnel goes and coaching in the NFL from 22 to 23. So with that comes a rookie quarterback in Bryce Young. And history tells you rookie quarterbacks don't play that well. It takes some time, and especially out the gate. Now, we have certainly been privileged the last time we had one. Drafted number one, Cameron Jarrell Newton went out there and threw for four bills in back-to-back games. That's not what happened with Bryce. He also had Steve Smith Sr., who's going to have a bust in Canton. Adam Thielen's not going to have a bust in Canton. DJ Chark's not going to have a bust in Canton. I'm going to go out on a limb, even though it's only two games, and Guess that Jonathan Mingo probably not going to have a bust in Canton. So it's very hard to do that, especially with the passing numbers nowadays. It's going to be very hard to differentiate yourself in this era of football. So I feel very confident that he's not throwing to a Hall of Fame receiver anywhere right now. So Cam had a better situation as far as who he's throwing the football to. Bryce doesn't have that, but it can get better with time. So you got a rookie quarterback. You got new receivers out of Thielen, DJ Chark, Jonathan Mingo coming in. Mingo, it's only a second game. You got to give the guy some time. Had a brutal drop. Brutal drop. But it'll get better. DJ Chark hadn't been healthy. Hadn't been out there in practice, really. Only one target. Is that because of health? I don't know what it was. He needs to be more involved moving forward. And I think he will be. And when they tried to stretch the field and throw it down to him, what happened? A penalty. So good things can happen when you try to stretch the field. And DJ Chark had been a positive whenever they targeted him. So really only one official target, but two in the game. One to 15-yard reception for his first down. They start off a drive, and the second one was one that was a spot foul, DPI. That's good. Adam Thielen, I think he's fine. I think he can give you something. He's the de facto number one. So that's what they, that's what he's working with. But also remember, like, guys, there were so many injuries. Austin Corbett's not out there at right guard. Cade Mays is there. They took him out, put in Calvin Thro- Throckmorton. Frank Reich claims that they were going to play Throckmorton anyways. I feel like it's probably Throckmorton's job. Mays had a chance to be the right guard at first. Didn't get it. Didn't get another opportunity. So it's not going to happen for him, it looks like. It's probably going to be Throckmorton. Makes way more sense considering he's a veteran and probably a better player than Cade Mays. You've also have Brady Christensen now out for the rest of the season. I think Savala's probably held up pretty well. I'd have to look at the PFF numbers to make sure that the nerds think that's the case, but I think he's looked fine. So once Brady Christensen, not Brady Christian, but um, once Austin Corbett comes back, maybe he gets a little bit better. But you have to understand, like, the offensive line injuries are already there. And yes, there's been mistakes for other players out there, of course. Uh, but Chark, coming off a hamstring, maybe he's still hampered by that. Chenault was coming off a concussion protocol out for the preseason. He had Terrace Marshall with his own back injury, and I don't even know if he played tonight. Uh, Demir Bird was supposed to be a part of this offense in some way. He's not even here. So when you have the offensive injuries on the offensive line and the skill positions, you have a rookie quarterback, a new scheme, new coaching staff. This is what it looks like early on. I don't think it's going to look like this all year. It can't possibly look like this all year. It will get better. You have to be patient. And I ask people to be patient going into the season, knowing that it could probably look like this. And this was worse than I could have ever imagined. But it will get better. I do believe that. Do I think this is going to be a playoff team? Uh, I mean, I, I, I don't know about that now. I guess you look at some of the teams out there that are 0-2, like the Bengals. They might, I don't know if they can do it back-to-back years. They did it last year, but they have Jamar Chase. They have T. Higgins, who the Panthers need to go get this offseason. They have Joe Burrow. 
Like, they'll be fine probably in the end. Now, it's a tough division. We'll see how it really works out. The Chargers, I mean, the Chargers just find a way to keep chargering. Maybe with Justin Herbert, they'll find a way to be in it. It's, for the Panthers, it's going to be an uphill climb. But the offense will get better. And if the offense gets just to be passable with this defense, then they have a chance. They have a chance to win some games, to piece some things together. But right now, they're, they're in a tough stretch. Because Sunday, I watched the game on Sunday against Seattle and Detroit. They, they look pretty good. Gino was out there doing his thing. That's never an easy place to go. So Sunday at 4 o'clock, that's going to be a tough game. Coming home against Minnesota, I know they're 0-2. I don't know who they have coming up on Sunday, but Kirk Cousins put up a lot of yards. That's going to be tough because that offense can put up some yardage and points. Now, the defense can hold them, I believe, but can it be enough for this offense also to be able to help out? And then going on the road against Miami, it's going to be really tough to keep up with them and for this defense to even stop them. And then, of course, at Detroit. So I had told you all a couple of days ago, like 2-4, and four, if they can get to 2-4, and four, especially now that they're 0-2, I feel good about that. When you get the bye, then you come back, and it's home against Indy, it's home against Houston, and maybe you're 4-4, four and four, and then let's see what happens in the final nine weeks of the season. But they have to be able to get better production and actually get some consistency and find an identity in this offense over the next four weeks, three of them on the road, if they're even going to be in a position coming off of that bye and heading into week eight to try to turn things around and then head into the final nine games of the season – with the chance to maybe be in it. But right now, it does not look promising. But patience, it will get better. Bryce Young will only get better. And the guys around him will get better. Just, the question is, how much better is it going to be? And will it be good enough for the Panthers in the long run here in 2023? We will see. Now, the Carolina Panthers had a awful injury last week and. Oh, it happened again tonight as Shaq Thompson went down with, with what appears to be in a significant ankle injury. We'll get into the ramifications of that and also look back at some of the keys to victory and how that turned out for the Panthers on Monday night in their 20-17 to loss against New Orleans Saints here in just a moment on Locked On Panthers. I have retired from my fantasy football league, but there are times where I decide, you know what, I actually want to play some fantasy, do some uh, DFS, whether it's football or basketball. Or baseball or anything out there, Price Picks is that's where I go, and Price Picks is the most fun that you will have guaranteed winning up to 25 times your money this football season. You just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stats, and place your entry. Test your skills on Prize Picks this football season. It's the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 of just a few taps. Prize picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. It takes no time at all. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types are what makes Prize picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Go to pricepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL and use code LockedOnNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. That's pricepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL and use code LockedOnNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Hey guys, it's Joe Marino. Being around sports media and a fan of the Buffalo Bills for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line or could a coin flip have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, 
alternate routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, and new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts, and you can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. We're about 18 minutes away from midnight here on the East Coast. Shout out to the 75 of you that are live here with me on the Locked On Panthers YouTube channel, where again, after every Panthers game, about an hour afterwards, I am here live breaking it all down for you. So appreciate everyone who is here watching the show and everyone who checks out and supports the podcast, whether you watch it on YouTube or listen to it or if you listen to your podcast. Thank you so much for hanging in here with me as we, uh, you know, we suffer together. Now, unfortunately, the Carolina Panthers injuries, oh, man, I had said it last week. It's not the injury bug, man. It's like it's an injury pandemic. It just will not go away. It's affecting everyone on this roster. The Carolina Panthers suffered yet another devastating injury on Monday night as Shaq Thompson was carted off in the first quarter uh, on the second Saints drive of the game with an ankle injury. It was friendly fire, and that's the worst thing. I talked about J.C. Horn last year when he gets hit. Uh, by Jeremy Chin, breaks his wrist. Like, what is he supposed to do? It's just bad luck. And this for Shaq Thompson is the epitome of bad luck football injuries that you can have. Where Deshaun Williams, the play is over. Shaq's in there on the stop. He's getting up. Deshaun Williams, him and Trevor Penning. And Trevor Penning is one of those dudes who's overly physical. Like, got thrown out of the senior bowl because of that nonsense. He and Deshaun Williams are, are still kind of wrestling. And Deshaun Williams flips Trevor Penning. On to Shaq Thompson's ankle as Shaq is starting to get up. And I'm sure you all saw it. It looked awful. And immediately Shaq grabs his leg. The Panthers team's around him on a knee. The bench clears. Prayers out for Shaq. The cart comes out. And, you know, right there it's like, damn, that might have been the last time we see Shaq Thompson this season. And Frank Reich said after the game that, yeah, it's it's significant. Um, this is from Ian Rapport, Panthers linebacker. Shaq Thompson who suffered an injury to his ankle that is likely to keep him out the rest of the season. Sources say who have tests tomorrow to get more information. Coach Frank Reich called it significant, a brutal injury to one of Carolina's leaders. And he is also um, the play caller defensively. I don't know who ended up calling the plays afterwards. I, probably Frankie Louvu. I, I don't know. Uh, that's something that I would like – to, to figure out here moving forward who that's going to be. But Frankie Louvre went out there, had a great game. And even before Shaq went down, he was playing with his hair on fire because that's what he does. Nine tackles, four of them solo, two sacks, three tackles for loss. Love Frankie Louvre. He's going to have to have like an all-time season as far as a Panthers backer goes. They've had some all-time seasons. And one of those dudes is right up there in a boot. Well, two of them, really, because uh, you got Luke on a radio call. And then you got Dan Morgan in the front office. But he's going to have to have one of those kind of seasons for the Panthers moving forward, especially if they're going to continue to be as good as they've been so far defensively. I thought Camus uh, Grier Hill, who had a great camp and was someone that Shaq Thompson said, we got to find a way to get this guy in the field. And damn, Shaq, that's not what we meant. Oh, and it's just bad. It's just bad luck. But this, he came out. Six tackles, five of them solo, one sack, one TFL. He had six starts last year in Houston. Deion Jones, who was cut on roster cut down day because your fourth linebacker can't be a dude who doesn't play special teams. I imagine that he'll now get signed to the active roster and be a backup for the Panthers. He started five games in Cleveland, played an 11 year ago. Every year he's been healthy. 
and been a star in the NFL. He's had over 100 tackles. I don't know if that's going to happen this year, but I do think he'll now have to get in on the action, at least be a depth piece for the Carolina Panthers. And that was a spot that we talked about with Deion Jones when he was on the roster back in training camp that that was um, a strength for the Carolina Panthers. But you didn't want to see Thompson or Luba go down, but you felt like if they did, you had two proven guys who have started games in the NFL on even winning teams who could come in and help you. And that's what they have in Kamu Grier-Hill, who looks like to be the starter moving forward there at Thompson's spot. And then Deion Jones, I'd expect him to be uh, signed to the active roster here sometime this week as Shaq Thompson appears to be out for the rest of the season. But yeah, huge loss as he's a Panthers defensive play caller. Um, Thompson's had 100-plus tackles each of the last four years. He's, I don't know, for whatever reason, people, Panther fans had, they had, I guess, uh, criticized Shaq in the past. Like, he's a damn good player. He's a guy who took less money to come back here to be with his brothers because he wants to win a Super Bowl here, and hopefully that will happen for him one day. Um, but just hate to see that for Shaq. And defensively, they've been great. And I and I know Brian Burns had something, so we'll see if that pops up in the injury report. Just give the man his money, y'all, before the, something actually happens to this dude. But to now lose Shaq at a position where you can withstand it. You don't like it, but you can withstand it. But he's good against the run. The Panthers, back-to-back weeks now, they've given up 130-plus yards rushing. That And the Saints tried all night to do it. And I don't know how the Taysom Hill bull junk, been listening to way much Deion Sanders lately, I don't know how that stuff even works. It's so obvious, but yet it kept working. It defies logic. So the Saints tried all night. Pete Carmichael, their OC, to run the football, and they got it done. It didn't even feel it was that effective, but they got it done. The Panthers got to figure out how that's going to work out moving forward because that's what Shaq Thompson is able to do. Can Gruyere Hill do that for them? Could Deion Jones do that for them? We'll see. And, of course, Frankie, keep doing you. I, I got no notes. Just keep doing what you do, Frankie Louvu. Uh, J.C. Horn's out, and you saw C.J. Henderson. He gave up a big passing. He gave, had DPI early in the game. They kept targeting him. They were like, yeah, this guy, scrub. We're going to keep going at him. I thought he actually held up fairly well. The Olave one, and it was 42 yards. It led to a touchdown, and that's the thing. And we're going to get this in a second. But, like, that one, that's just a great catch by Olave. He's in position. He's holding his hand. Guys get away with that every week. He's in position. That's just a great catch. Good throw. I I can't even really say all that much about C.J. Henderson. It's different than, like, what happened with Dante later in the game where he just gets beat on a double move. And and just kind of going – let's go ahead and do this. Like, recapping – some of the keys to victory, like number one is protect Bryce Young. They gave up four sacks. Um, some of those are coverage sacks. Others are just you, you got to be better O-line. So I think that's now six sacks so far that they've allowed. Um, number two is avoid giving up chunk plays. The 42-yard one to Olave and the 45-yard one to Shahid. both of those resulted in the touchdowns. And that is the difference. You can, and, that, and the Panthers were good. They weren't allowing stuff over the top until they did, and kind of really the dam just broke there late. And they did They did as best as they could, man. The, de- the defense came out, I think it was like the first three, because uh, they were three for three last week. The Falcons were in the red zone. The, the Saints were 0 for 2 to start off the game. And let's see if I can go, if I have my ESPN team stats up here right now. Because um, the Panthers' defense in the red zone was better today, especially starting off the game. The, we've seen this in the past where they're out there all day, they get tired, red zone D, they ended up being uh, the Saints were two for four, so you know that's not that's I'll take that over three for three, of course. And the Saints end up being out there 32 49, Panthers 27 11, so not egregious, but it was uh, at a point in time in that game. 
So I thought Henderson was fine. Dante played a good game until like they just gave up two big pass plays. I think Dante's is more uh, egregious than like Henderson's because he just got blown by. It happens, but just the worst time for that to happen. Defensively, though, they're going to be good. I still think so. I just wonder how they if they're going to be able to withstand all these injuries that they keep happening, especially the key players. Uh, so we'll see how that works out moving forward. And then I just kind of wrap things up. Like they're 0-2. And it's not just like they're 0-2. They're 0-2 in a division. And you played home against New Orleans. You played at Atlanta, who's somehow 2-0. They beat the Packers. Like, what the hell? And then the Saints are now, of course, 2-0. And then the Bucks. Oh, my God. The Bucks are 2-0. So it's not just that you're 0-2 overall. You're 0-2 in a division. You have to have two divisional losses. And now you're sitting there looking up, trying to figure out how you're going to be able to – claw to this hole when you have to go to Seattle on Sunday, a game they can win if the offense shows up. And you get Minnesota at home, a game they can win, again, the offense shows up. And then at Detroit-Miami, I don't think those are two games that the Panthers really can win. I I, I don't know. I don't think definitely Miami. I, not, I, don't think, I don't see it. I don't see it with Miami. It's any given Sunday, week-to-week league. Hard to see that happening. Um, Detroit, I think it would be difficult. Even though they just lost their home opener, I still think it'd be difficult. Like the two games, they got to win, or like the next two coming up here, man, especially Minnesota at home, to try and right the ship. Because right now, it, things get sideways, but they can get the two and four, go in the bye week, gain some momentum, get those other two rookies and Anthony Richardson, who keeps having injuries, um, and against CJ Stroud, who also is already banged up. Uh, if they can get those two teams, potentially get the four and four, hold serve at home then things can get better in the second half of the season. But right now, it's just the defense has got to keep playing the way they're playing, but they got to get some help on offense. And I just feel like with more time in this scheme, guys staying healthy on the outside, getting more reps of Bryce, it will look better. And there's talks about Frank Wright giving up play calling, at least Panthers fans calling for it. I mean, that's one of those, like, week two overreactions. Like, that. that's just, come on, that's ridiculous. And Frank Wright said he's going to do what's best for the team. And eventually, he will give up play calling. He has said from the beginning, I want to give it up. But right now, I'm going to call plays while we get established. And once they're established and he feels good about this thing, because it's not like a, oh, I'm only here one year with Bryce. It, it, this is like a three-year thing at least until we know whether he's the right guy or not. Like, they have three years to figure it out. And Dan Orlovsky said it. You got a 36-month timetable for this thing, Panther fans. That's what he was saying. And that's the whole patience part of this. So he's going to give it up. But he wants to get it established. He needs to get it off the ground. Right now, it's not off the ground. And it's a collaborative effort. He's been saying that from the beginning. And it's just not him. He's talking to everybody. And Frank Reich's offense is Thomas Brown's offense. And Thomas Brown's offense is Frank Reich's offense. And Parks Frazier's offense is Frank Reich's offense. And Frank Reich's offense, you understand what I'm saying? It's everyone's offense. So Frank Reich right now does not believe he needs to give a play calling. I would just encourage people to stop with that. I saw someone I saw multiple people be like, oh, a Jero Vero, who's doing a great job. And damn, it looks like we're going to lose that guy after a year. Um, people are saying he should be the head coach. Okay, if he's the head coach, how does that fix the offense? That's just a question I have for those folks out there. So it's going to take some time. Be patient. I know there could be people who say, what about the defense? Well, the defense, I mean, they really only added Von Bell as like a significant player on the defense. He had a great pick today, but like it's they're still bringing back, They well, they brought back J.C. and Dante. Of course, J.C.'s out right now. They had brought back Shaq, of course, and Frankie, and you look at Chin, Brian Burns, Derek Brown, like the stars of the defense 
were returning. They were just adding, like, you know, filling some holes. Well, offensively, like, they're rebuilding everything. That's the difference when you look at the patience portion of things. And, like, you could say, oh, what about the defense? Well, the defense, you, you have the proven veterans, the guys who have been here that are, like, still playing with each other. With the offense, everything is new. So that's that's the difference. So, I don't know. We'll see. Panthers are 2-0. and or ooh, oh and two. Hopefully, you can get the 1-2 on Sunday against the Seahawks. Whew, hang in there, y'all. Just be patient. 15 more games to go is a long season, but I do understand that they have left a lot to be desired through two weeks of the season. But that's going to wrap up this edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network with your host, Julian Council. Again, y'all subscribe or follow the show for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Thanks to, I think we had like 93 concurrent listener or viewers at one point up here. So appreciate all y'all staying up late on the Monday night here on the East Coast or wherever you are across the world and checking me out. Um, make sure to do that again on Sunday following the Seahawks game, but also follow me on Twitter at Julian Council and at me or DM me. Uh, really, probably just DM me. They get questions in for tomorrow's show. It's going to be the weekly Wednesday mailbag here on Locked On Panthers. I already got some questions in, so go ahead and give me the questions. Probably have a few more things I wanted to say that I did not say. That will probably be answers to your questions or at least thoughts to your questions. So get those into me right now. But in the meantime, be safe, be happy, be whole. And this is important. As always, guys. Keep pounding, and I will talk to you on Wednesday. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.